Howdy. Welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me as usual is my aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. We're happy to have you listening in on episode 29, 29 of the Managing Expectations podcast, the uh, survey of the passing scene, the uh, look at uh, your world through the pop cultural lens. Also some some higher art, if I may say, though I intend to talk about a Bruce Willis movie, so no, not too high. Uh, with us today, special uh, guest and uh, uh, participant level friend of the Managing Expectations podcast coming to us from just outside Kansas City, Missouri. Our friend Tirza Major. Howdy, Tirza. Howdy. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. And thank you for reaching out. Uh, really, the thing that got us, uh, uh, that reconnected us, uh, Tirza um, uh, uh, sent in to Managing Expectations uh, an episode or two ago. I mentioned uh, the pen name of Donald Westlake. And I uh, couldn't think at that time of uh, what that pen name was. I subsequently thought about it when I was brushing my teeth. Uh, it was Stark, like Tony Stark, only with a funny, kind of a weird uh, spelling of Stark. And, and then that's as far as I took it, because that's exactly how much I cared. But Tirza, what was Donald Westlake's uh, pen name? Richard Stark. And how Stark spelled? I, I don't know if I even spelled it right uh, when I sent it to you. Is it it's S T S T A R K? I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I just that was so funny when you said Tay. <laughs> well, you know she sounded like Brian. And I'm from Missouri, so Nell. Not, I don't think I saw that movie. Uh, yeah, you saw all that movie, Brian. <laughs> right from the beginning. Wow. Brian and I have a running joke. If you've seen Nell, you've seen all of Nell. <laughs> I just want to make it clear that I've never read any Westlake or Stark novels. Okay. Yeah, it's, you, yeah, it's... You know, it floats around in your brain, and... No, it's stuff you know. You have the, the email address of a podcast host, and you just throw it out there, see what happens. Oh, you do go on. So, we, um, so we thought, um, uh, I thought, that it would be great to have Tears on, so that we could skew the demographics, A, younger, and B, more feminine. Though, Tears is a lot like me, so probably this is going to fail. But we, we should have some fun. I can't hear either of you. Are you both, you can, are you both doing a silent laugh? We're silent in our uh, laughter. Yeah, that makes for some good radio, Brian. Keep it up. Tears up. Uh -uh. <laughs> we're having so much fun already. Ha <laughs> ha! Yes, sir! Ah. <laughs> Phil Hartman doing Ed McMahon. Yeah. So am I am I gonna get a lot of the references you make, or is this gonna be like when uh, we go out uh, to dinner normally, uh, and you have to explain sixty percent? Oh, stop it, stop it! You get my references. If you know Richard Stark with a CK, S T A. Say K, <laughs> Mr. Chickabay. Um, uh, yeah, you're gonna get my references. So, is it spelled with a C at the just a C at the end? Stark? No, it's it's uh, S T A R C K. C K. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I think I spelled it right when I sent it to you. I didn't realize that that was the spelling. I've met one person with that spelling of Stark. Oh. He was an odd duck. Because of his name? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not, I, you know. Um, 
what's the what's the expression that goes around um uh comes comes around what goes around comes around no no that's not it um something is not causation it's like it's not it's not this but it's like correlation correlation is not causation i think i don't know that doesn't sound right but it sounds closer than cessation is not correlation or cessation is not causation which is exactly what i was thinking uh, so, uh, Mrs. Winger and I have watched a couple of movies in the last couple, last couple of nights, and, um, with, with, uh, uh, well, it's, we probably, I probably should have managed expectations better going into them. So it's, it's, uh, oh, actually, actually, there's one that we really liked. So I guess, I guess, honestly, we're three for three, though, last night was only half a movie because we'd seen the other half previously. Okay, so like Saturday night, we would have watched a really bad movie. It's not really, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. And I guess I did manage my expectations. I didn't think it was going to be very good, and I was right. Um, something about like, um, I don't even know what it's called. Like in the light of, it's in the light of day or something. It has Bruce Willis, Henry Cavill, and Sigourney Weaver in it. Sounds Sounds like it could be okay. No, it's not. No, did, did, does it really? From 2012? So, like, this is before Cavill hit. I don't know if he had the Tudors under his belt, so to speak. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I've never heard of this movie. Well, and there's a reason. It probably was straight to video. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it was... Uh, I mean, it, it seems like Bruce Willis is on the same career track as... Nicholas Cage, you know, I mean, Bruce Willis probably like shows up, uh, goes to some exotic location, does two weeks of work, being a tough guy. Um, you know, Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis. And it's like he's like old Jason Statham. <laughs> old Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. So what? what's the what's the what's the movie about? Like, what's the story? Well, I mean. Uh, okay, uh, Henry Cavill goes to Spain to uh, meet his family. Um, that he, it, which is Bruce Willis, is the dad, and um, you know he's got he's distracted by his business back home, but he becomes embroiled and uh, you know the family disappears and he's got to find the family and uh, then you know uh, the 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 Spanish. Uh, John Darms are corrupt and so he can't trust the police and then you know he has to get out of a scrape and then it turns out his dad is is loose but then let me just say Bruce Willis is in the movie about 25 minutes so I'm telling you I mean he just it's not it's not really a Bruce Willis movie except he's in it so it's a romantic comedy <laughs> uh no no um Oh. Uh, Henry Cavill doesn't get um, uh, any play at all in this movie. So, um, um, you know, Sigourney Weaver shows up. Uh, so it was nice to see her, uh, a very stately, handsome woman, even in her, you know, whatever, late 60s or whatever she is. Um, but you know she's obviously the bad guy. I mean, you see it from the beginning. You, know, you see it coming a mile away. I don't know. And if this spoils it, good, because I don't want you to watch it. <laughs> what was what was the terrible like Johnny Depp European movie that was supposed to be like a really serious thing? And I think Angelina Jolie was in it, maybe. Oh, I think I saw that. I have no idea what it's called. They're on a speedboat. Yeah, I remember the speedboat. <laughs> to, to be fair, not the entire movie. <laughs> the part I saw. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Winger and I saw that. They they play like, yeah. I okay. Is anybody gonna look this up? What are we doing here? Right. I'm the host for heaven's sake. Do I have to do all everything around here? I mean, Brian, you got IMDb at your house. What's or is there a good has there a good website that you has your mother blocked on? that? The tourist. The tourist. Yeah. yeah. Not great. 
2010. Yeah. I was thinking that maybe it was a sequel to Speed called Speed Boat. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. The sequel to Speed actually was on a boat. What? Yeah. They've already done that? It was like a cruise liner. And didn't I don't think Keanu Reeves was in it. Uh, Is it racist if I mispronounce his name? Keanu? Keanu? No. Keanu? You didn't mispronounce, you didn't mispronounce Reeves. Okay. So... Um, Oh, did you guys see that movie with um, where he like plays himself the um, Asian rom com? Always be my maybe. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I wanted to see that. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Now and that... Keanu Reeves was really funny as himself. And that's a romantic comedy. It is. It is. And sometimes <laughs> I, I often so the actor Park uh, Randall Park from uh, Fresh Off the Boat is so funny in that. And when he, when he sees his, uh, when he is reacquainted with his old childhood sweetheart, uh, she's become a huge success, and he's working as a plumber for his father, and he's like in a work jumpsuit, and and he makes a joke about liking the simplicity of a onesie. <laughs> it's hilarious. And have you? So I I wanted to see it because Ali Wong is she's in it. Right, she's a main character. She's a comedian. She is, and a and a writer. She she's written a lot of stuff uh, that we've seen that she's not necessarily in. What's that, Tirza? She's hysterical. Um, I think I started uh, one of her stand up routines and I didn't finish it. Yeah. I don't, I don't really remember a great Ali Wong line. Yeah. Well. It's the it's the age of the YouTube clip. Maybe I'll send you some. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, because I don't have anything in my inbox. That'd be great. I'd really welcome that. Um, so, <laughs> so, so anyway, it's that kind of movie. I mean, but I mean, it, this was by no means as high end as uh, the tourist. You know, I mean, there's like Henry Cavill running around without a shirt on some, and that's fine. You know, whatever. You know, it was that, and then you know, works out. You know, works out in the end. What are you gonna do? Good. So, what was what was a a good movie that you saw this past uh, weekend? Okay, then we watched The Wolverine, which I kind of liked. It wasn't great by any means, but it was it was a lot better than some. Um, so it was directed by James Mangold, who did Ford versus Ferrari. It turns out he also did Logan, which I haven't seen. Um, I, I heard that it was excessively violent, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you get a superhero with adamantium claws taking it to the bad guys and end up with a violent movie, but apparently there you have it. So there's this one scene where, like, there's a fight on top of uh, a bullet train in Japan, so they're going, like, 300 miles an hour, you know, and uh, it's, like, Wolverine versus one or two bad guys, and that, that was pretty cool. And, you know, let's face it, uh, that Hugh Jackman is a tall glass of water. He's okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, as far as uh, I haven't seen the Wolverine, but as far as bullet bullet train fight scenes, the the first Mission Impossible, I think, set a pretty good, pretty high standard there for the for the climax. Okay, a movie which I saw in the theater when it came out. Um, uh, the great one of one of the the greatest theme songs, probably bested only by the Hawaii Five-0 song, uh, composed by Lalo Schifrin. I kid wow. you not. And uh, which for that movie was like redubbed by um, the bass player and drummer for U2. 
But we saw that when it came out, and I thought it was terrible, and I'm sure I was right. I haven't seen it again. That's the one with John Voight? Yes. You like that? I do. Why? Um, I think it's... I think it's a pretty good movie. I think that it's got some pretty good characters. Um, and I think that you, you it kind of sets up that you know who the bad guy might be, but how they get there is pretty interesting. I think it's exciting. Um, yeah, I, it's okay. a good movie. Good good locations. But there's only one bad Mission Impossible movie, and that's the second one. That's directed by John Woo. Oh, I... Isn't... Uh... Elliot Seymour Hoffman in that? No. Uh, he was in the third one, which is probably the best one. Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I used to work with a guy named Elliot Seymour. And to be funny, I would call him Elliot Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Okay, so... Um, uh, all right. I see. I liked the second one better at the time, but then I rewatched it and I thought it was terrible. And then Jared's dad, Jared's dad's like, "Yeah." <laughs> okay, it's funnier when Jared does his dad, but I can do him in a pinch. Yeah, it was really fakey when they when they're off road and they don't even have knobby tires on, and then they like went flying up. Yeah, that's completely unbelievable. Okay, well, you know. I, you know, the thing is, you kind of have to suspend disbelief to just get into it at all. The whole mask, I, I, pu and pulling the mask off like it's a Scooby-Doo, you know, is... I mean, if you're down with that, but you get hung up on knobby tires. Did I ever tell you my Spider-Man? When, when, you know, Spider-Man was, was uh, what, uh, redone with Tobey Maguire when it you know first came out in the late late 90s early 2000s we yeah. saw it with with a group of friends and it, the, that spider-man movie was pretty good uh with willem dafoe and you know the the green goblin and uh, kirsten dunst it was it was pretty good we liked so, it we liked it at the time have you seen it lately i haven't seen it lately uh, we'll come back to that go ahead okay we're walking out of the theater we're with the group and uh i don't think that this this couple listens to the Managing Expectations podcast, so I'm pretty safe telling this story. <laughs> but we say, well, that was, that was a pretty good movie. What'd you guys think? And they say, hmm, uh, didn't really like it. It just didn't seem very realistic. And my wife, my wife who has no poker face whatsoever, is like, <laughs> the movie is literally called Spider-Man. <laughs> Of course, it's not realistic. <laughs> so. See this, the um, the lack of finesse in putting this 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 couple in their place. That's funny. The look on your face when you're doing Mrs. Grimm is less funny because see, it's a podcast. Tears it. Please, please lean into the microphone to laugh. Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for rep. Well, yeah, pr producer, producer Jack will amplify that for us, so we'll, we'll work that out in post-production. <laughs> It'll, like, scare everybody. <laughs> oh, for the love of Pete. Okay, so, uh, so Wolverine was pretty good, and then we watched the, the last half of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um which had some good parts in it, um, but okay, the older I get, the more I identify with the Sean Connery character than the Indiana Jones character. Um, and and Mrs. Winger looks over at me. She goes, "Yeah, that doesn't hold up that well." I said, "Well, why what, why is that?" She goes, "It's pretty cheesy." I'm like, "Well, like, what do you mean? It's pretty cheesy. Come on, pretty cheesy." <laughs> so this is. This is very similar to her review of uh, Pacific Rim, which was, <laughs> what did she say? It was so funny. There was a lot, there was, there was a lot of, oh, what did she say? 
I don't know. Somebody, somebody else talk. Anyway, she's just. It was, it was a lot of. It was a lot of banging stuff around, or a lot of exploding, or a lot of. I don't know. I liked. But see, I, I kind of dug Pacific Rim. I thought that was. Yeah. Ooh, let's hear from Pacific Grim. Okay, so um, the thing, the thing about Spider-Man, if you go back and look at it, the Green Goblin looks about as. Okay, okay. Now I understand. I understand that I've suspended disbelief and that it's the title is literally Spider-Man. Okay? Having said that, the effects from whenever the year 2000 um the Green Goblin looks like a Powder Ranger. Power Ranger. He looks like a Powder Ranger. That's not very menacing at all. <laughs> no. He's got green powder all over himself. I mean, it's like, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, do you remember that scene in, in uh, Hail Caesar where uh, uh, Josh Brolin brings in, Eddie Mannix brings in all the clergy uh, from, so there's a Protestant minister, a, a Greek Orthodox patriarch, a rabbi, and a priest, which in and of itself sounds like a joke, okay? But he wants, like, the theological um, Im impression, and the Greek patriarch goes, I don't know, it seemed fakey to me jumping from one chariot to another. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well... <laughs> This criticism aside, let's go back to the the overarching theological overview. That was hilarious to me. So anyway, uh, just the things that people find fakey, and here I am saying the Green Goblin was in fact fakey. Also, mm -hmm. I gotta say, since I found out that Tobey Maguire is like the really bad guy from the Molly Bloom poker playing scandal, such as mm -hmm. it was... Uh, the um, yeah, it's hard for me to get behind a Tobey Maguire movie. I, I mean, I and I must I must say I wasn't a huge fan going in. Uh, well, I think that like producers and directors are also having a hard time too because he hasn't really been in anything for ten years. How about that? Well, no, he was in uh, he was in uh, the the Great Gatsby movie, right? Oh yeah. Did either of you see that? Mm -hmm. He would have been the guy who wasn't Gatsby. Right. Oh, and he wasn't the boorish husband who slapped Daisy around. Buck Buchanan? What was his name? No, Buck Buchanan was a linebacker for the Chiefs, I think. In the 60s. So, it's been a while. Roy? Roy Buchanan? That's okay, I'll just keep throwing names out until somebody looks it up. By the way, I don't think we ever got the IMDB information that I was so... that I was asking for. Tirza? Tom. Tom Buchanan. Yes. Okay. Tirza. Yes. Do you have a Mrs. Winger mask? I do not have one. You know about them, though, don't you? I do. I must order one. It's on my to-do list. Uh huh. Are you put off by the price? No, not at all. What have you heard about these these masks, Tirza? That they're comfortable, they're stylish, um, very affordable for when you need to be out and about and you want to look nice, but still be safe and responsible. They're effective too, aren't they, Brian? I would say so. And this is just based on what we get from the CDC about a three-layer mask being the best way to go. There's two layers of cotton, and you and you can put uh, a filter in between uh, these to make it all the more effective. Tirza, for being unscripted and mostly unprompted, uh, that was that was well done. Brian, do you have anything to add? I don't really think there is anything much to add. You wouldn't say something about the show notes. Um, I, I could say that, that, uh, to purchase <laughs> your own <laughs> mask from Mrs. Winger, 
check the show notes. Just click on the it, link. Just click on the link. Is it? Is have we updated that link or is it still? It's still Mrs. Winger's Masks. Dot square dot site. Uh, the, she is in the process of nailing down. But uh, much like the Washington Football Club, we have to, you know, these things take time. <laughs> tell you what, but unlike the Washington Football Club, uh, she didn't have a controversial name in the first place uh, that she's now got to pretend never happened for 100 years. <laughs> oh, I um, exaggerated. It was like 95 years. Come on. Producer Jack would be happy to uh, set up a website for her for probably for the low price of $450. Well, Mr. Winger might talk to him about that yeah. because, you know, you know, there was a time, <laughs> okay, never mind. There was a time when young people like were happy to like have some, you know, a side hustle. Right. And now it's like, Oh, is that you only want to pay me $450 to do it? Do you know what I'd have done for $450 when I was a teenager? I would have ran into a burning building. For example. I think I did on a dare. <laughs> for free! So, going back to Spider-Man for just a moment. <sighs> did either of you okay. see... Uh, I hope this skews young or feminine. Go! Did either of you see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Of course. And? Brian? Uh, I I haven't seen it, but uh, producer Jack has, and he's like, it's it's great. It's it's one of the best movies he's ever seen. So Easily the best Spider-Man movie ever created. Oh, take, take, it, take it easy. Easily. Yeah. Okay. Tell, tell us. Tell us why. Yeah. Tell you us why. Let, yeah. Because Jeff, Jeff I, honestly, because the thing is, Tirza, everybody else on the show has been like really cool. So we'd like to hear from the nerd perspective. I think you need that. I think you need that. That's where the money is. The nerd perspective. Yeah, it's yeah. it's beautiful. First of all, I did see it in the theater, so it is a beautiful movie. The colors um, and the story. I mean, it's very tight. It's very, it's obviously a Spider-Man movie. You're rooting for Spider-Man. It's kind of like you're in a comic book more than any of the live action movies ever have been. It's really quite good. It Yeah, it was good. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to rain on your parade here. Uh, it was, it was really good. And I've heard it called the best of the Spider-Man movies. Um, uh, I'm just trying to manage expectations. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She, I mean, because, you know, look, it's not Citizen Kane, okay? It's not Casablanca. But it... Uh, it in Citizen Kane. It's kind of... It's fine. I mean, you should see it once, but... The thing about Citizen Kane is everything that you see in it, like, set... was like the template... And people and directors have just been stealing from it since. I mean, that apparently Wells was the first guy who did just tons of stuff. But but that makes it like really mannered and technical. Wells was a really technical director who like did like a lot of nutty stuff with angles and shadows. Um, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Uh, you know, I think a touch of evil is pretty terrific, but. Othello was pretentious. Lady from Shanghai was decent. There's kind of a good story from that because he like wanted to get one movie made and he was trying to get money for it. And this was like one of the challenges of Wells's career that I mean he couldn't get money for stuff. And so the story goes that uh, you know he's like on, in an airport payphone and uh, he's trying to get money from a producer before he gets on a flight. And the guy says, um, um, yeah, yeah, but what are you going to do that's going to make me money? He says, well, I just read a book. And he, like, looks over at the airport bookshop, and there's a pulp novel, uh, Lady from Shanghai. It's fantastic. It's great. It's Lady from Shanghai. Uh, give me the rights to that. 
and I'll make you something commercial and then we'll do this other you know, if you if you give me money for the other thing. So uh Rita Hayworth I think is the killer blonde in that. Um so anyway. Uh there's a uh, also uh, uh like the big uh like the the climax of the movie takes place in a hall of mirrors. So every time you've ever seen a climax in a hall of mirrors since Orson Welles did it first. Okay, good story, huh? Okay. Anybody? No, I was just I was just thinking about that. That's I mean, you know, back then shooting something in a hall of mirrors must have been just incredibly difficult to do. Oh, cuz you didn't want everybody to see the crew. Yeah, you don't want everybody to see the crew and, you know, these days you you, you can edit a lot of that stuff out with, you know, computers or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, back back then creative work with angles and shadows like you said right it's probably the tick it's probably the ticket yeah yeah uh what what one of the things was interesting about last crusade indiana jones the last crusade was early green screen and so there are a couple of scenes where it seems like um i mean it's uh uh it's kind of like the weatherman you know standing in front of the screen like he's like see around the edges yeah yeah but i mean i, I don't know I mean, I liked it better than Mrs. Winger did th- 30 years after the fact. Do you think nostalgia plays a, a, a factor in how you feel about some of those movies? Mm, no. No. Because, I, I mean, honestly, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Um, uh, and, I mean, I haven't rewatched Temple of Doom since it came out in probably 84. It's, I thought that was just a bridge too far like falling out of the airplane in the okay so i'm saying you you can suspend disbelief to some point but then when they push when they push too far you know you bump on it and when you bump it it interrupts the flow of the story and and it kind of bugs you also kate capshaw who you know is married to steven spielberg um yeah, she just wasn't. I don't know. She's just kind of a screeching damsel in distress the whole time. Yeah, I I think I, I don't think I've seen Temple of Doom all the way through. Like I've seen maybe half of it, and then I just I just shut it off. You know, a few years ago. Was your mom visiting? <laughs> okay, so this what is this number three, Tirza? <laughs> For those keeping score, <laughs> that's the <that's, that's, laughs> two. Thanks. Okay, everybody, drink. <laughs> um, Spider Verse. I, I thought Spider Man into the Spider Verse was was great. It was a great animated movie. But I honestly, I I mean, um, I don't love animated things as much as live action things though you know something okay during the covid period i'm surprised that we're not seeing hollywood completely re uh re-engineer itself to put out a spade of serious adult i I don't mean adult in the porny sense but just a, a more mature fiction um uh you know, a- animated um, works uh, where people could, you know, come in and do voice work and be tested and stay distant. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how that works. I don't know how distant animators can be. It's probably still coming because so much of what is being released right now is kind of been banked, but they've you know, been off for so long that next year, what are they going to have to release? Not much. Well, they're not, they're not, yeah, I mean, they're still sitting on the new James Bond. Jeff mentioned James Bond again. Drink. I almost did earlier when we were talking about trains. That's all I could think of. Of course, I don't know which Bond movie it was where he's on top of the train. And then he gets shot. 
and he falls into the lake, and they think he's dead. Oh, um... Every, every single one. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Every one. Uh, yeah, which one was that? That was, uh, that was Skyfall. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, directed by Sam Mendes, Mendes, who is married to Kate Winslet. Used to be married to Kate Winslet. Brian, how do I know that? Uh, you don't. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Okay, I know that because you're you're gesturing wildly. Why don't you just say no? He's not because I, Brian, are you insecure that people know that you know Kate Winslet and Sam Mendez's marital status? Is that something you're not comfortable with? It just seems like you ought to take ownership of that. I like to keep my platinum status at Us Weekly as something as, as private, and I don't. <laughs> really want like the general public to know that about myself <laughs> oh that's funny so sam mendez directed american beauty which i've never seen um but which won academy awards but people i mean like a lot of people really hate it like it just is a scathing indictment of middle class values and suburbia and um, then, then he followed that up with revolutionary road revolution road yeah yeah Did, which was based on a 1960s book by a guy named richard yates i think unless that was another donald westlake uh, pseudonym but i believe that i'm sure the name was yates richard yates and yeah um similar to like the man in the gray flannel suit um okay because here's the thing here's the thing about middle class values right materialism doesn't make you happy we know i mean i think the three of us agree on that but it's also a slippery slope and so you try to achieve a measure of economic well-being uh a, a certain am amount of creature comforts and the next thing you know you're like you know you can't be you can't be happy unless you get the next biggest television size i don't know how I don't know how realistic you want it to be, Brian. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, pretty soon we're all going to have a holodeck in our in our <laughs> in our house house. Like Fahrenheit 451, where all the walls are television screens, and that's all that they do. I've not read that book. Is that what they? Do? Is that a thing? I think so. I think the firefighter's wife, that's why there's friction in the relationship. I read it in school, so I'm kind of... So two years ago. <laughs> a little longer. A little longer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's all she does is sit in the room and watch the television. They don't call it that. It's just the room, I think. And there's some... It's kind of like a dreamlike state, state that she's always in. There's no reality for her, which is what the firefighter is grappling with. He wants to engage with reality, but that's hard to do when they won't let you read books or talk about things. Brian, have you ever read this? <clears throat> I haven't. Well, no, I, I haven't. I know um, H, HBO did a did a like a, a mini series, like a three part maybe or a six part mini series on it, but it didn't get very good reviews. I know that the book is, you know, pretty, pretty popular. Yeah. Was it Michael Jordan? Not Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. So Michael Jordan. The other one. The other one. Right. Wow. Tough beat is about it? Chadwick Boseman. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Credit is due. But, um... Uh, Michael B. Jordan played Killmonger in the first Black Panther, right? Brian probably didn't see it. I did see it, and uh, I, and I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um, I thought I thought it was just okay. Yeah, but but there was 
it, it came out, um, and I, the truth is, is when it when it came out, there was just a lot going on, and I just wasn't, I just wasn't really that interested in it when I saw it. So, um, I know that a lot of people really liked it. Tirza, your thoughts on it? I liked it. I remember liking it, um, but I don't know at this point. I feel oversaturated saturated with the Marvel movies and it's hard to distinguish when they're good or when you just had a good time. I can't always distinguish that when I watch them. So I had a good time when I went to see it. Brian and I are both making faces of say that's insightful. Well done Tirza. Yeah. Um, but I, but I can tell you that uh, Captain Marvel uh, was neither good, nor did I have a good time. Hmm. And why is that? Well, because scrolls aren't really Palestinian refugees uh, is one reason. Um, I don't know. I, I just didn't think it was very good. I think Brie Larson, I, I kind of liked her in... Uh, uh, see, we can't go too far because Brian won't allow talk of the Anos Thay in the house. Okay. By the way, the day I had yesterday makes me think that Thanos was only half right. <laughs> Should have snapped twice. Uh, you know. You know, the more the more I think about Endgame, the more trouble I have with it. But anyway, um, Brie Larson kicks a little tail in Endgame, and that that was fun. But you know, she's she's a chilly actress. There's no question about it, and not in a fun Kristen Scott Thomas sort of way. Kristen Chris, Kristen Scott Thomas Anderson way. Um, I was gonna go with Crispin Glover Scott Thomas. <laughs> Crispin Glover Thomas, Master Antonio. Um, uh, yeah, right. So, um, you know, just not, not in a fun way. You know, just chilly, like, is there anything there, you know? I don't know. I, I didn't see Room, you know, which is, you know, I don't know what that was about. I mean, like, her, her and her kid are in a room and they're held hostage. Isn't that like the incredible Kimmy Schmidt? Mm. But again, not in a fun way. Not in a fun way. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, so I hear. So I don't know. Um, there was something else. So anyway, uh, yeah, Spider Verse, and I don't know. I, I'm I'm okay not talking about the Marvel movies if that's okay with you guys. Uh, I was interested that uh, Tears are Red um, Fahrenheit four fifty one in uh, school in high school I I didn't somehow I got out of it and I don't know if it was avoiding um, science fiction because I wanted to talk to girls no offense um, you weren't in my high school class it's safe to say what <laughs> yeah um, what um, but like I didn't read Brave New World either did either of you read Brave New World New World mm -hmm. No. Okay, let's move on then instead of belaboring the fact that we <laughs> have no idea. So so the thing, you always see uh, Brave New World contrasted with um, uh, 1984 as two different versions of a dystopian future. Uh, one was like the people drugged into pacification and the other one is more tyrannical uh when in fact i think that we can look at it now and recognize that the populace can be drugged into uh placation uh under a tyrannical repressive regime it's a big tent oh man yeah Somebody say something upbeat, please. Uh, I was going to go back to what Tirza said about um, it not being it. What she didn't know if it was a very good movie, but she had a good time. It's kind of like the last time I went to the, uh, the Cheesecake Factory. 
<laughs> Here again, uh, I, I would say that the Cheesecake Factory is the Captain Marvel of restaurants. Like, I was with some friends, so I probably had a good time. But uh, Oh, no. I, it wasn't good, and you didn't have a good time. But I would say that my crab cakes were probably a little overcooked. Any place with 600 menu items can't be doing a good job. That's always been, that's right? always been yep. my point. Yep. How many pages is the menu? <laughs> is it more or less than Fahrenheit? The Hebrew Bible. <laughs> than Fahrenheit 450, 451. 451. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, do you let your kids play Final Fantasy XIII. I do not. <laughs> do not. Okay, just I'm just asking. I, mean, I you know that's certainly your right as a parent. Hey, let me let me ask Final you. Final Fantasy XIII seems kind of edgy to me. So let me ask you a question. This goes to this. So when when you give your phone number, or like when I gave tears of the Zoom meeting ID for this for this podcast, do you say like for example? Uh, Eight forty-five, or do you say eight four five three six two three? Have you ever? Yeah, had... the sec the second one because I'm a normal human being. Have you ever had somebody give you their phone number by like combining the numbers? Seldom an American, but yes. Um, and and that's not that's neither xenophobic nor chauvinistic. I'm saying okay. that there okay. are accepted patterns. Yeah, no. Um, 512, 714. Yeah, no. I mean, unless unless you're like a quarterback, I, I, I have no idea why you're yelling numbers at me that way. You know something else? I'll, I'll tell you something else I don't like, and this is changing the subject, but, um, but we're changing it. I'm changing it to... What irritates me, which is kind of the subtitle of Managing Expectations our, podcast. Our, our quarterback is calling an audible. Omaha! Omaha! <laughs> See, we'll have tears on and we'll talk some sports. Mm. Omaha Steaks. Oh, okay. Um, so, we... I don't like it when people uh, uh, start spelling at me. Uh, like, if I'm not ready for it, it's like throwing the ball at me too hard, too close, when I'm not ready. Give me an example. Um, okay, when I was a bookseller, um, I'm looking for, I'm looking for D-R-E-A-D-N-O-U-G-H-T. What the hell? What? What? Did you say it's an A I S L E one three? <laughs> the one written by Robert M A S S I E. I mean, you know, I, I'm saying that if you don't, if you're not expecting it, and maybe it came up more as a bookseller than um, in other avenues of life, um, you know. Hmm. Yeah, it's jarring. It's so jarring that I don't get it and I'm irritated by it. So um, Tears has started talking about old-timey science fiction. Uh, in we just have a second, but have either of you are either of you familiar with like H.G. Wells's? I'm not spelling. The, the, he actually abbreviated his name. Um, H.G. Wells, H.G.W.E.L.L.S. Got it. Thank you. Um, oh yeah, uh, the time machine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so it's like it was like really trippy and um, uh, revolutionary, even subversive to the dominant paradigm to start talking about time travel. Because when did he write that? Early twentieth century, right? But I mean, just think about all the stuff, good and bad, that we've seen, all the time travel movies. 
by the way, what was the name of that movie? There was a movie with Malcolm McDowell. He plays H.G. Wells. And uh, there was a character actor. Uh, it'll come to me. He played Jack the Ripper. And they both travel from, like, Edwardian England to, uh, I think, maybe San Francisco in the late 70s. And they both fall in love with, or, well... H.G. Wells falls in love with Mary Steenburgen. St. No, Steenburgen, and then uh, Jack the Ripper is obviously trying to kill her, and uh, thereby hangs the tale. But it was really good. Um, yes. Star Trek. Also, you wouldn't have half of the Star Trek canon, or the Mar Marvel canon. But I mean, time travel is—it's it's a little—it's a little bit of a trope, and I was a little—I'm a little surprised that they had to do it to wrap up the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, whatever phases one through three. You wouldn't have half of the Christopher Nolan movies. What? I don't. Refresh me. Inset what? Uh, I think. What I think, are the? Well, so you would uh, memento. <clears throat> I don't never think saw it. I, I never saw it either, but I don't think it's necessarily time travel. But it's, you know, it kind of. No, but it's jumping. Oh, but yeah. it's jumping around. Right. Okay. Never Isn't that a Christopher Nolan? It is. It is. And that's based on a book, by Christopher Priest, I think. The Prestige. Is it? That's quite. Is it really? It's good. I mean, I haven't read the book, but I thought the movie was good. Yeah, I thought it was great. Never saw it. Um, there was another movie that seemed similar to The Prestige that came out at the same time, and I was confusing. The Illusionist. Yeah, like one was Hugh Jackman and the other one was Christian Bale. So, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale were both in The Prestige. Okay. Well, then I'm just thinking of one, but then there was the other one that had, like, Edward Norton and, um... Paul, Paul Giamatti? I was gonna... Okay. Maybe? Paul Giamatti? Wow. If Paul Giamatti's who you get when you can't get Hugh Jackman, I've got a chance. I've got a shot in the, in the, in the big time. It's such a shame, though, because 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 those movies came out together. There's no way for me to ever separate them. Like the plots, the cast, the endings, it's all jumbled up now. Oh, Rufus Sewell's in this one. I should watch it again. It's in The Illusionist, yeah. R Rufus Sewell is like a yeah. I know who he is. He's like a third tier Scottish actor. I believe, I don't know if he's Scottish. I think he's British. Is he? Yeah. He's the guy, yeah, he's from uh, England. Twickenham, England. That's a... Brian, go get your wife. We just jumped, we just jumped the shark. Okay, so. So, so Twickenham is a is a is a town in England. That seems strange. <laughs> I think it's named after a breakfast pastry that they used to make in the time of Elizabeth the Queen. Twick and ham. An American would say a twig and ham. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oof, that's okay. Uh, there was... So, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I, um, um, You know, I, I, was re I read some last... Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so, so the, the time machine was really revolutionary and... Um, apparently it's far flung future. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't gotten all the way to the end, but I have a working familiarity, uh, has a, has like a, a real separation between like the, the really soft 
people on the top and the Morlocks on the bottom. So it, it, some people feel like it speaks to social and economic inequality of our day. Uh, I suppose the people at the top, uh, you know how it starts is when you need puppies and kittens to get through your freshman year of, of uh, college. Like, this is too much. I need to go pet a puppy. Is that how it starts? Uh, I don't know if it's how it starts, but it is definitely a step on the road. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> By the way, I got... I got like the Mrs. Mrs. Winger gave me the Ripley and Hudson talk from um, Aliens today, um, where like Sigourney Weaver unloads on Bill Paxton when B Bill Paxton's just melting down. I would be Bill Paxton in this scenario. Oh, that's great, man! Game over! Game over! <laughs> okay, and Sigourney Weaver's like. Hudson, this little girl survived, you know, for like however long without any weapons or training of any sort. And he's like, that's great, man. Why don't we put her in charge? <laughs> he says, listen, Hudson, you just better start dealing with it. And uh, that's uh, that's really that's been a it's been a constant thread through our marriage. I think Mrs. Winger grabbing me by the lapel and telling me to start dealing with it. And how do you feel now? My back still hurts. I tweaked it yesterday morning. Uh, I still think that um, certain things have to be dealt with that would not have to have been dealt with if certain responsible parties had adequately prepared things beyond me and Mrs. Winger's control, I must say. But, you know, it's how it goes. So here we are. So let's let's just deal with it. That's how I feel, Brian. Thanks for asking. I'm glad I asked too. <laughs> Who uh, who's our podcast been brought uh, brought to you by today, Brian? Uh, Mrs. Winger's masks. There are occasions in your life where you need to look nice, but also be comfortable, and Mrs. Winger's mask helps you accomplish both of those things in our current scene with the pandemic. So. If you're going to wear a mask, why not have one that's comfortable, stylish, and effective? Mrs. Why, Winger's masks. Why not? Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. So Mrs. the real Mrs. Winger, not just the corporate figurehead that you may have in your mind, and I took a road trip on Sunday. Uh, we took her, eh, I'm just saying, but her Shelby Mustang convertible out east. And so, like, so we went, like, two hours out, and the first hour was just getting out of Dallas and then, like, the exurbs, and that was pretty dismal. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's, like, a lot of small business shut down. Mm -hmm. But then once we got out on the road and we were, like, like from the one hour to the two hour mark as we headed out east, you know, the I mean, hills started rolling a little bit, and there were some, you know, creeks and lakes, and all the lakes in in Texas are essentially man-made, but I'm okay with that. You know, Mrs. Winger and I were able to talk about, would you rather live on a river or a lake? Interestingly, she chose river, which I find kind of suspicious. Uh, but just in case we're not able to um, <laughs> retire comfortably on the Texas uh, Gulf Coast, um, we may have to settle for a, a river or a lake. Anyway, um, it was great, man. The sun, sun on our skin. I applied um, sunblock and wore a hat. It should be noted because I am a man of a certain age. Um, but you know, it's funny, you know, like all that, like the hair on your arm gets blown, and like so, even after you've stopped, it feels like you're still kind of tingling and stuff. But it was great. It was it was a real it was a fun trip. Um, you know, I, I kind of like small. I like visiting small towns. Sometimes I think, wouldn't it be awesome to like buy like an old school in a small town and like turn it into your house? You could have your own basketball gym. You could have your own gymnasium. 
How cool would that be? Get some, I could get some ring work done in the mornings. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know if it comes... I don't know about all that. I've been thinking about picking up the pommel horse. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about the time when Mrs. Winger and I watched Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. And there's like a scene where they're they're crossing the Atlantic on uh, on, a, on a on an ocean liner, and the con- part of the it, it's it, it's a musical it's a musical right so they just bust into song and dance at any given time for no reason. But uh, one of the one of the uh, subplots of the of the movie is that they're traveling on uh, with the like Olympic gymnastics team. So I think Jane Russell is maybe like, oh, I mean, there's like some sort of tension there about her chasing after a gymnast or a gymnast chasing after her. And um, anyway, there's a big song and dance number with the Olymp- with the, you know, the, the, the gymnastics team. And we're watching this and Mrs. Winger says, are they tumbling? I think they're tumbling. And it was just hilarious because it's not really a it's not really a term I've heard since second grade. But yes, they were tumbling. There was a lot of tumbling in that movie. There was a lot of tumbling in that movie. I mean, most of it was uh, suggested, suggestive. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Nothing. I don't know that anything makes it to the Great American Songbook, if that's if that's what you're asking, and I sense that it is. Anyway, that that's been a long time ago. That's been a while ago. Um, so look. Um, all right. So there we there we go. This is a pretty good show. Yeah. I think it's a great show, but I think it was a pretty good show. I think it was pretty good, and I had a good time. So. Yeah. What else do you want? Well, yeah, but you feel that way about the Cheesecake Factory, so I'm not sure we can I go by you, Brian. I actually don't. I've, the Cheesecake Factory is, is on the list of places that I will never go to again. They'll never sponsor the show. I'm sorry, but... Oh, great. Way to, way to kill another, another revenue stream, Brian. I wouldn't take their money anyway. I won't take, I won't take your cheesecake money. You keep your grimy cheesecake money. You're just yourself. Tears, did you have a nice time? Well, we're very, very happy that you that you came in and gave us a perspective that we absolutely would not have had. And, and I appreciate your, uh, your take on, um, Fahrenheit 451. And, and also, um, I don't know if it's good, but I know if I had a good time, (laughs) which, which could like be the, I, I may, so give me 20 more taglines for the Cheesecake Factory and or Marvel Entertainment Group. And you, you could be the Peggy Olsen to my Don Draper. <laughs> Do you have a working familiarity with that series called The Mad Men? Okay, that's all I'm asking. Yeah, because and you've probably seen the meme of Peggy Olson walking um, with like her stuff in one hand and a pa- painting under her arm and sunglasses on and frankly a cigarette dangling from her mouth. It was pretty gangster. Brian, wouldn't you agree? Big time. Yeah, it's pretty gangster. Uh, no, that's not the, that's not the correct answer. Okay. Wait, 
are you saying she's a tour de force or your your respectful disagreement is a tour de force? I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what the kids are saying. <laughs> How would you know you're in seclusion? Uh, okay. All right. Well, listen, it's been a treat having you, Tirza, and we appreciate you coming in. It's great. It's great. Absolutely. Say hello to your mother for me. Okay. All right. Um, nah, it's a good, good visit. Brian? Yep. Thanks thank for, thanks for, uh, thank you. Thank, uh, thanks th for, thanks for something. I'm not sure what, but either way, thank you. <laughs> for being my aide de camp, Brian, for being here as usual, Brian. My pleasure. No, just thanks for being you, Brian. Hey, hey, thank you. And I was also working up to thanking, uh, you know, producer Jack Grimm, Jackson Grimm. That's J-A-C-K-S-O-N. New word, G-R-I-M-M. <laughs> Somebody asked me, I used a word at work and they said, spell it. I can't remember what word it was. Um, I can't remember what word it was, but... Um, um, That's kind of passive-aggressive, wouldn't you say? Nah, he's a nice guy. Guy. But, okay. but maybe. Must have been how you said it. Yeah. Well, figure I'm being a horse's ass. Ass. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I can't help it. I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, maybe I can help it, but... It hasn't happened yet. Okay, well, this has been episode 29 of the Managing Expectations podcast. Oh, uh, we did get some other uh, listener feedback uh, that uh, people are, uh, this particular listener is only good for about 20 minutes of me, uh, which I get. And I, I, in fact, I get a lot. Um, so I would just say, spread it out over the course of the week. You get 20, 20 minutes of me. Three or four times a week, if you want. You don't have to. I mean, you know, it's not like, it's not like there's, you know, this isn't basic essay where there's like an introduction, a, a body, and a conclusion. It's more of a freeform thing, isn't it, Tirza? Yeah. Brian, you got to manage manage your doses. You know, there's a lot of things that need managing. It's true. <laughs> you don't take it all at once. It's, it's like Hatch's green chilies. They're delicious, but, but you gotta, you gotta tap the brakes. Right. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to episode twenty-nine of the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm Jeff Winger. Um, we will look forward to uh, episode thirty next time. But uh, meanwhile, let's get to work. Let's get to work. And and behave. Behave. I don't know how Brian, know how ended, Brian up ended up with the last word, word but there you have it. And, and that's, okay too. that's okay too. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who, who gets, the last, gets the last word. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. No. No. Nope. Not at all. Nope. Not at all. Not one bit. Not one bit. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. So and go stop ahead and stop recording now, Brian. Brian. Sure will. Sure will. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. go ahead. Have you stopped recording? Yes. Okay. We're gonna stop recording on three. To synchronize this just like clapping. One, <laughs> two.